0: Hello and welcome to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. My name's Alana Walden and I'm here to introduce our latest episode where we're thinking about the different concerns students might have this year and ways of managing anxiety. We're joined today by two guests, Jill Duffy, Chief Executive of our UK Exam Board, OCR, and Professor Dave Putwain from the School of Education at Liverpool John Moores University who are able to offer some reassurance for students and their parents, as well as useful strategies for managing feelings of stress and anxiety.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Jill Duffy, Chief Executive of uh, the OCR Exam Board, and um, I'm delighted today to be joined with, by Professor David Putwain from Liverpool John Moores University. And we're going to be talking about the topic of student anxiety, which is obviously key around uh, this time of year as we come into exam season Um, we're going to be providing lots of practical tips uh, on how to reduce anxiety um, that will be useful both for students parents and also their teachers dave can you just sort of briefly summarize for us how students would normally be expected to be feeling at this time of year so what's normal in normal times and what what does the data show about this
2: okay thanks jill well it's a real mixture Um, you'll have some students feeling confident about their forthcoming exams, uh, for other students less so. And again for some students GCSEs, A Levels and BTECs are really important uh, and for other students they're less so for all kinds of reasons. Uh, And as a consequence of these combinations of confidence and different reasons why exams might be treated as more or less important students experience a real mix of emotions too and some of these emotions are positive like hope and optimism um, and others less so, and you'll have some students feeling hopeless and frustrated, uh, and so on. But what we do know is that quite a lot of students do become highly anxious about their exams. And for GCSEs, it's about 5 to 10% of males and about 15 to 20% of females. For A levels, it's a little bit higher, it's about 15% of males and between 30 and 35% of females. So I think the important thing for me to emphasize is that there's an awful lot of variation between individual students. Um, but I'd be really interested to hear, Jill, I mean, how did the OCR think about student anxiety when you're developing qualifications?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a very, very important issue for us. Um, you know, as an organization, we're, we're sort of conscious that we're supporting the education of thousands of young people. And that includes really being very concerned for their young, for young people's mental health um, and well-being. You know, as a parent myself, um, I've seen my two daughters through multiple exam series, and you know, particularly one of them who who gets very anxious about exams. You know, I fully appreciate that. Um, you know, exams can be a single, they can be a cause of stress in a young per- person's world. Um, So what what we want to do really is is look at what's within our gift, if you you like, to reduce anxiety and stress for students around qualifications generally, but also around their exams. And an important thing that we do is listen to students and their voice throughout the development of qualifications. So for example, we currently have um, a stakeholder group for a new GCSE in in natural history. We're putting forward a proposal for that to, to the Department for Education. And on that group, we've made sure we've we've got student representatives um, from an organisation called Teach the Future, which is a student organisation, and they're contributing to what content they think should be covered and also what the assessment, what form the assessment should should be taken. And it's just crucially important that we have their views throughout the development, Um, you know, similarly, when we redeveloped recently our GCSE in computer science, we got feedback from students on our assessment materials i.e the exam papers the sample exam papers that would be you know very very similar to the exam papers that they would see so it's crucially important to us and we also you know want to make the exam hall experience a positive one as we possibly can Um, so our part in this we feel is to make question papers very clear you know accessible and also relevant to students so at the moment we're rolling out accessibility principles across all our exam papers, um, which could be things like using a clean font, using straightforward everyday language, but using familiar context and examples so that you know it feels um, very reassuring to the students when they sit down in that exam hall. That's in a normal year, obviously. Obviously, we're not we're not in a normal year uh, this year. Um, so maybe what I should do now, Dave, is just go on to summarise what's different this year, how the arrangements have changed, and and then we can talk about, you know, what potential that might have for either um, increasing or decreasing students' anxiety this year. So if I go on just to say what's different this year, obviously, you know, we've got the COVID context, and we know that at the moment young people have an awful lot to worry about. We know... For young people and their families COVID's brought a lot of anxiety. Many students have experienced loss or pain or illness in the family and all students have, have been feeling more isolated uh, definitely from their friends. And we know from teachers that we've been talking to and teachers in our forums that students. Level of anxiety was very high at the beginning of the new year when lockdown was announced and exams were cancelled. And you might think that, you know, exams being cancelled would be, um, you know, a great source of relief for students. But we know that that for a lot of students um, that wasn't the case. And in fact, student the student room did a did a survey, and the majority of students would have preferred their exams uh, to go ahead. Um, Obviously, now we've got we've got students going back into school um, and we think that will make many students happier, but it it won't be comfortable for all students. And some students will be feeling anxious about going back into schools and everyone will need time to adjust. Um, So in terms of arrangements for this summer, obviously exams have been cancelled for the second year in a row. Teachers are responsible for awarding grades this year and they'll be basing these judgments on a collection of evidence. And as I say, we know this has had a mixed reaction from students. Some are happy that exams have been cancelled. Others are concerned um, if they're not certain uh, about how their grades will be awarded this year and how they'll be able to progress, if you like, to the next stage of their learning. So what we've done at OCR is we came up with five, if you like, guiding principles for awarding grades this summer. And the first of these, the very first and 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 really important one, is about recognising the safety and mental well-being of students and teachers. And you know, two other principles this year are about supporting pro- progression for students and ensuring results are as fair as possible. So, students have been very much at the heart um, of our thinking at every turn. Um, you know, we've been thinking about about the student um, and and what their experience is going to be like. And we know that one of the things um, that we can do, if you like, to tackle that uncertainty over summer 21, um, because we know that uncertainty can create anxiety, is is just to be very clear and very uh, in our communications. We know students may feel anxious about arrangements this summer, but what we'll do is very much explain and be transparent um, and provide communications for students. So, you know, we will want to communicate with them every step of the way via all the means that we have so the student pages of our website social media videos and via schools and colleges so that students are really really clear um, what will happen uh, this year Um, so just to run through um, as i say the teachers will be responsible for awarding grades um, this this year and they will base that on a collection of evidence Um, Results days will be earlier this year, so results days are going to be on the 10th of August uh, for students getting A-levels and Cambridge technicals. And that means they'll have more time um, this year to sort out their university places. Um, We know there's a lot of anxiety around university entrance at the moment, and we're gonna be working very closely with universities and UCAS to support that progression. We do that every year, but I think this this will be incredibly, Important that we do this as well this year uh, to make sure that that process of students progressing to their next step as easy and transparent as possible. So that that's a bit of a summary, Dave, about what's going to happen this year. And it'd be useful to get your thoughts, I think, on you know how that might make f- students feel this year, and, and what practical advice um, you know you would give to students and their parents. Um, from now really and until and beyond results days this year.
2: Okay, thanks Jill. I mean it's incredibly helpful to hear that from your perspective, what's being done at OCR and it's also from my perspective quite reassuring as well Um, because I think students have got two main concerns, uh, the first of which is fairness, whether they're going to receive a grade which reflects their ability and effort Uh, and it's certainly the case last year that quite a lot of students thought that wasn't the case. So the fact that you've built in fairness as to one of your guiding principles, I think, is is a good thing. Uh, And the other main concern for students is how is it going to affect their future, which, again, you've already touched on. Will their grades be treated the same as universities and employers as students from earlier years? There was a real concern from students last year that their grades wouldn't be given the same status. And, uh, I mean, I can't comment officially either on my university or the whole sector, but... I'd I'd say my impression is that universities are incredibly sympathetic to the situation that students are in, and that's partly because we're, to some degree, also in the same situation. You know, our student teaching and learning has been disrupted, our assessments and our exams have also been disrupted as well, so we've been having to find alternate ways to grade students as well for our degree courses and so on. As far as universities are concerned, their grades will be treated with parity. The decision to cancel exams um, this year was taken earlier than it was last year and I think that's a good thing because it's allowed more time for planning. It's allowed more time for planning in how teachers are going to be expected to recommend grades and also what quality procedures schools have to put into place to ensure that those grades are fair and robust. Um, there was a feeling last year that many students were left in the dark as to how this was going to happen and what was happening with their grades, the feeling that nobody was getting in touch in their school to communicate and explain what was going on and that really added to the uncertainty and anxiety experienced by students and I'd I'd really like to be clear though I'm not being critical of schools Mm. and teachers you know because last year they were having to get to grips with an awful lot of difficult circumstances very quickly online learning opening for vulnerable children and children of key workers you know they had an awful lot on their plate but you know having said that there are some things we can learn from last year and you know you've mentioned the importance of communication uh, and that's absolutely key so schools need to communicate to students and parents in a transparent manner how grades will be decided what quality mechanisms are in place you know so that they can help build confidence that there is um, a good robust and fair system Um, how school grades are going to be moderated as well and also what the uh, appeals process is so uh, i'm incredibly reassured to You know here you emphasize that importance of communication as well and it's important that schools keep that flow of information open
1: yeah i mean maybe if i come in there dave and just say Mm. because you've mentioned some really um key things there um which i can you know give give a bit more detail on so um i think you know that there'll be an awful lot well that we, we are we're working flat out actually at the moment on on guidance very that will be going out um to schools by the end of march so before the easter holidays so that there will be very very clear guidance um for teachers and for you know um head teachers about how this how this should run in schools what the internal quality assurance should be and then what the external quality assurance will be, i.e. You know, what exam boards will do to make sure that um, uh, you know, everyone's following consistent processes. One of the things that, that will be in, in that guidance um, will be that, um, and we very much sort of advocated for this, that, that teachers make it clear to students um, what evidence they're using to base their grades on. So although they won't be sharing you know that final grade with students before results day, they will there will be transparency about um, you know the work that the teachers are, are looking at, the evidence if you like, that they're looking at to come up with that grade. So there will be transparency um, around around that. And you've mentioned the appeals process and and just to sort of highlight there, Um, Again, we're going to be transparent about the process of appeals, but but, but every student this year will have the right to appeal their grade if they wish. Um, And as I say, before a grade is submitted, teachers will be making students aware of the evidence that they've based their grade on. Um, But if a student wishes to appeal, uh, uh, then the centres will undertake an initial review to see if there's been a simple error. Um, If the student still wants to appeal after that, then the school, uh, they can ask the school to submit a formal appeal to the exam board um, so that there is, um, you know, a clear appeals process this year uh, for students. And uh, again, you know, we will want to be transparent about that, definitely to, to to schools, but also to students. So we're also thinking at OCR as well as providing all this guidance to schools that we can provide, if you like, guides to, uh, for students and parents that schools can then give out uh, to students and parents so we're being as clear as we can around how this will work this year.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, good. I think schools could also schedule some times with students so this could be done in, um, with a class or it could be done in a, a tutorial with a smaller group of students. I can't envisage many schools are doing whole year group assemblies at the moment but if they are in a socially distanced fashion it could be done in a whole year group assembly. And. I think what schools and teachers need to do in those meetings is ensure that students know that their concerns about grading fairness and the future, along with any other concerns they have, are being listened to and acknowledged. You know, you've mentioned that there might be some students who are relieved and grateful for not having to take exams, but also other students who are going to be disappointed and even angry that they're not taking their exams. You know, one of the things that came through very clearly last year was that students felt they'd been working towards their GCSEs, you know, some of them were telling us they'd been working towards it, it felt like them for, you know, three or four years, not just over years 10 and 11, and they'd been, you know, denied that opportunity to demonstrate their learning. Um, And this is really quite distressing for some students, so it's really important for them to know that they're being listened to, and that needs to be communicated to students in a respectful and sensitive fashion. And if schools are having to deal with a lot of anxious students you know there's lots of things that can be done Uh, schools do some of these things already because many schools now have a well-being program and you know these things can include yoga and mindfulness and exercise and so on now these kind of things are are good for providing um, you know a temporary breather from stresses and worries um, but they don't necessarily get to the root causes of anxiety and you know sometimes a more focused intervention can be of benefit for students whose anxiety is becoming overwhelming. Um, So the message I'd say to students is, you know, please remember that if you are feeling, you know, very worried and anxious about the grading situation this year, that you're not alone actually. There are an awful lot of people feeling the same way. And it's also important to remember that, you know, anxiety although it feels like it's somewhat inevitable, it, it is something that can be changed. You know, one of the characteristics of anxiety is it feels as if the anxiety is in control of you rather than you being in control of the anxiety Uh, and even engaging in some, you know, simple what's called diaphragmatic breathing, which is a rather technical name for, you know, sort of just deep breathing and following your breath right down to the bottom of your diaphragm and holding it and counting it out. You know, that can help provide some really quick and short-term relief for anxiety. But importantly, it gives the person the sense that actually they're in control of the anxiety rather than anxiety being in control of you. Um, But longer term I think there's two things that um, students can do, Um, and one of which is approach learning and revision, if students are still having to do revision for mini exams in schools this year, in what's called a a cycle of self-regulated learning. And self-regulated learning is planning, doing and assessing. And I think In my experience, students are generally very good about the planning bit of it, you know, making revision timetables and setting goals for revision and when they want to do revision and so on. And also generally very good at doing the revision. But I think not many students are as clear as to different ways they can use to revise and critically whether the method of revision they're using or method of learning they're using is effective or not. So I think students, and you know this could be done on their own, or it could be done with friends, parents or teachers, need to find out um, about different ways of revising, you know, there's visual techniques, auditory techniques, textual techniques, um, and you can find about these different methods online and also in revision guides, and they need to try out some of these different methods. Um, And what you'll find is that some students prefer some methods to others, some students will find some methods are more effective than others, and you'll find that actually some subjects are suited more to some methods than others. And, you know, a day or two after trying this revision out, students need to assess their own learning. And, you know, they really need to be finding out for themselves, telling themselves, empowering themselves to find out if their revision method was successful or not. And, you know, they can do a quiz. They could tell what they've learned to somebody else. They could try a practice exam question uh, and so on. And if the revision was successful, great, you know. But if not, then you either need to do one of two things, either try that same method of revision again or try out a different method of revision or learning. And the other thing to do is keep periodically assessing that learning because it's a great way to strengthen memory actually through testing, testing yourself, and also it needs to let you know if you need to revise it again. So taking this plan, do, assess approach really helps to build confidence in learning and actually sense that you are in control of your learning and it helps to build a sense that you're in control of the eventual grade that you're working towards and because it helps to build confidence and because it helps to build control that in itself reduces anxiety so that you can build in this way of learning and and, uh, revising to help reduce anxiety.
1: That sounds a really good idea, Dave. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of both my daughters. They, As you say, they all love doing the planning bit, don't they? And, you know, going out, buying the highlighters, the post-it notes, the revision planners, whatever it is, and having this beautifully constructed plan. But mm. you're right, that's not the main part, is it? <laughs> so, as some really No, you need to know if it's working, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, any other, what, what other things do you think will be helpful for, for students this year?
2: Mm, sure. Well, the other thing that students can do is try and become aware of the negative or unrealistic thoughts that are actually underpinning the anxiety, creating the anxiety. And, you know, these might not be very obvious at first because these kind of thoughts happen so fast we're not aware of them. So the thing to do is when when you're becoming worried or anxious is you need to try and pause and just spend a moment actually reflecting on what you're thinking at that particular moment, or saying to yourself at that particular moment. Sometimes this is called self-talk, you know, it's literally that dialogue that you say to yourself, the little voice running away in the back of the head. And it can be useful to record these in a diary if you want. And, And what you find is that people who tend to become very anxious about their grades, or anxious about exams, is they'll be thinking in ways that are perfectionist. You know, maybe thinking, you know, if I don't get the highest grade in every single subject, I'm a failure. Or they might be thinking in um, catastrophic ways of the worst possible outcome. You know, if I don't get the highest grades, then my whole life will be a failure. Um, Or sometimes engaging engaging what psychologists call mind reading, you know, thinking that they already know what others are going to think. You know, if I don't get the highest grades, then, you know, my parents, you know, will, will negatively judge me. And you know what these thoughts do is that they magnify worry, they magnify fear, they put an awful lot of pressure uh, on oneself, and you know it's these thoughts that are actually building and creating the anxiety. Uh, well, what you need to do is challenge them, and you know there's many ways to do this, so you know, if people are thinking about uh, perfectionist ways of thinking, then they can look at people who didn't get necessarily the highest grades in every single subject but who aren't a failure and have been a success or you know if people are thinking in lots of catastrophic ways then you know you can start looking at what alternative education or training routes there are you know how it's possible to retake exams you know and if people are really worried about what their parents might be thinking about their grades um, this might take a bit of courage but the best thing I can do is possibly to recommend ask your parents now this this kind of approach of you know learning to identify what thoughts are going on and challenging them it, it's not on, it's not instantaneous it's a long-term approach and you need to keep challenging these negative thoughts and gradually over a period of time they'll become less frequent and they'll influence you less and that is the best long-term strategy along with the revision approach that i just described to um, help manage anxiety reduce anxiety I think the message for parents, I'd say, is, you know, parents know their children very well. And some students respond well to pressure, actually, um, and others do not. And I think what's important is if your child is one of those who doesn't respond well to anxiety and does tend to become highly anxious around their grades, is, you know, please remember to tell them that they won't be judged negatively on their results. And do discuss with um, your children different options for the future. Um, and those which may and may not depend upon particular grades you know have a plan A and a plan B but also maybe a plan C too and you know remember to schedule some fun stuff for them or encourage them to schedule fun stuff for themselves because you know everybody needs a breather from the um, constant demands of exams and grades and so on at some point so I think that that pretty much brings together um, everything uh, i'd like to say um yeah
1: Yeah, and i think just just on that i think you know say thinking as a parent i think that is something it is important for parents to do isn't it is to give that sort of long-term view you Mm -hmm. know we all know that you know things that you might think are going to be really serious actually life plays out in lots of different ways doesn't it and helping children have that perspective when they're coming up exams um, Mm -hmm. and that you know these will not determine their lives you know other things will do that I think providing that sort of parental perspective I think is really really uh, useful and uh, something that all parents should think about because as you've said really we can all play some part in in this obviously students have an awful lot they need to do themselves as an exam board as I say we we do what we can um, to try and our bit if you like to relieve stress and anxiety and parents have a massive part to play play in this so so as do teachers as well so we're all sort of in this aren't we trying to um, minimize levels of stress and anxiety um, for students
2: I think actually you know the the thing that struck me most is I'm really reassured by your approach as an awarding body to how you're going to be managing the grading situation this year. And I think that will go a long way to alleviating some of the uncertainty that was present last year. So I I think that's going to be really helpful.
1: Thank you. And yeah, I mean, it's been great uh, to have you here. We will carry on doing that. I think, you know, it's incredibly important for us that we put the students at the heart of our thinking, as say, and, you know, we will do everything we can. But Dave, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you. That has been, I have learnt a lot as well um, uh, today. It's been really useful hearing your, you know, your, your thoughts on this and also your, your practical tips. So, um, yeah, massive my pleasure. thank you. Thank you, Jill. Thank you.
0: And you can find more support for students and teachers in 2021 on the OCR website. Thank you for listening to the Cambridge Assessment podcast. You can find all of our podcasts on our website, just search for Podcast Gallery. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and YouTube.